but okay. you know, we talked we talked about female gun buyers. Hey, what what does a female need in a handgun? Oh, you know, something tiny. Why does yeah. it have to be different for a woman than so, a man? I mean, well, because. Whiskey, Lead, and Steel, Filling Turt While You Wait, the official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Rick Sutton. Joining me today on the panel is Lee Curling, future governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and Jeremy, I'm about to get out of the Navy, Phillips. Well, I mean, relatively. Yeah. Three, four years. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you want to stay 12. Nah. Stay 12? Not particularly. 17? 17. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, I did 27. Don't be a sissy. Only if there's a shooting war, am I going to stick around past fucking 20? All right, so. <laughs> well, that's. That, China. There is that chance. There's that. I mean, very short. Have, very short have, shooting war. Three, three years. Three years for Z to, 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 do his, to do his thing, right? Yeah. I'll burn that bridge when I get to it. We'll be in the Ukraine by then. <sighs> it's just Ukraine, not the Ukraine. We learned that. No, we it's, it's the Ukraine, it's the Crimea. <laughs> the thorn in the side of Putin. <laughs> <laughs> the commie driving around in a lime green Fiero. I should send him one. Oh, he's got one. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got one that's got like gold inlay on the inside. Because I always envision Putin like that guy on the direct TV, TV commercial where he goes, opulence, I has it. But I also like savings the money. And then he's got like the little miniature giraffe that he kisses. <laughs> Yeah, that guy. That's Putin. Tool bag. Anyway, we, as is often our case, when we're dehydrated from running a shooting match, have gone slightly down the wabbit hole, as they say. Fucking homeless rabbits. Yeah, fuck them. So, <laughs> here we are. So, one of the things that we want to talk about, we, we're kicking this idea around. Um, so, W3 came out today. Shout out to them. Thanks a bunch for uh, trusting us to your slightly rainy morning. Uh, they came out and they did a team shoot, which was pretty cool. Uh, so all of the shooting was two people per team actually shooting at the same time, mm -hmm. which is pretty dynamic. That's not something that you see in a lot of places. 15 teams. 15 teams. 15 teams. Yep. All of, and 20, 29 ladies because we had one that wasn't able to make it. One short, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, thoughts and prayers to her. Hope yep. she gets better soon. Mm -hmm. um, so... But they came out, and uh, then we had a good AAR. Everybody had a good time. And so among the things that we were talking at the AAR, um, we kind of figured as we were, you know, a, as we were talking uh, after the match, you know, their, their commonalities, their ubiquitous mm -hmm. across the shooting world. It's not just this bunch of folks. But so often the time, you know, based on what's going on in training, you don't always get to see different stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. so... The stuff that we typically see at Second Saturday series is a little bit different than some of the stuff that we saw here, mm -hmm. just because these folks that came out today, shout out to them, are not, most of them are not typical competitive shooters. True. So they don't, competitive shooters typically fall into the same kind of things. It's, it's like anything else. I think one thing difference wise is that with Second Saturday, you had to find us. That's true. Right, you, you, you had to make the conscious effort going, I'm going to go do a shooting competition. Whereas with, with W3, with this competition, the club put it on, yeah. encouraged members to come out. And, yeah. and it, you know, it's a large club. I mean, they, they only had a, a subset there. So there are some differences yeah. because a lot of them have never considered doing mm -hmm. yeah. something like this. Never considered <clears throat> doing competition. So therefore, yeah. I think I we've think got a bunch of converse on this one though. 
I, Hopefully. I think, I think, oh, I, yeah, I think so. There, there were a number of... The, the number of the... Sh wanting to shoot outside in a different environment than mm -hmm. the indoor range, being able to draw... Yeah, that was, that was a huge number of, of, yeah. of ladies that... That was that was their takeaway mm -hmm. of the, the positive positive thing for the day. Of, yeah. of just that change of venue and change of... Uh, change of everything so yeah. Yeah. Okay. so to that end we're just going to talk about some of the stuff that you know we already hashed out with them and just you know as a reminder to you out there as you're thinking about this or if you're not thinking about this is one of those things that's you know turns on that light in the darkened room so um lee what was what was one of the big things that you noticed today that was kind of a commonality yeah i think i think the way to start on that would be to talk about the stage that I ran. Okay, yeah, right? which yeah was, absolutely. Yeah. Which is mine and yours. And, and yes. as, I, as I told the ladies, it's really not mine and yours. It's yours and yours because it's it's my mine is is, is in my holster. Yours is going to go on the table. But anyway, <laughs> this, this is my safety. <laughs> this is, this is my safety. The uh, the but the the course of fire was that the shooters would draw their weapons before the buzzer, mm -hmm. draw their unloaded weapons. Put them in front of their partner with a magazine and then at the buzzer the shooters would pick up their partner's weapon load it and then engage the target with six rounds yep. right and 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 one target was 12 yards 12 and seven. 12 and yeah, yeah seven 12. yards close and then 12 yards both of them were occluded with a with a hostage mm -hmm. the seven yard basically had the the head zone, and then a C and D on the side, and then the twelve yard had much more of the much more of the the, the target you know, available. But with that, right there, there was the the initial with the with the with the, the team is needed to figure out well who's going to shoot seven, who's going to shoot at twelve. Mm -hmm. um, problem solving, problem solving, you know, from from, from the get go, uh, that. That seemed to go really well, right? I didn't have anybody as they were as they were stepping up trying to figure out, you know, which which target they were going to shoot at. They they had all already made those decisions before they stepped into the up to the stage. But um, the commonality that I saw was, I think the the vast majority of the shooters had not fired different guns yeah right and, and i would ask you know and when i had time you know we, were, we typically went as the last stage of, of the mm -hmm. of, of, of the groups you know if i had a chance to to talk to them it was for the most part they did not fired anybody else's gun or they'd fired a few rounds and i know that w3 does do you know vampires well, yeah, they they do they do, you do share your gun. Share, yeah, yeah, share they, your gun they do a share, share, share your gun night, right? Where you get to go shoot other people's guns, which which is great. I think one of the mm -hmm. I think one of the worst things in our community today is the fact that if you want to go get a gun, you, know, you can't go to can't go to a gun store and go, hey, can I shoot that? It's right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you yes. 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 You can shoot that. You give me five hundred sixty dollars. Fill out this forty four seventy three, yep, and and then you can then you can go to the range and you, you can shoot, shoot that gun, right? You know, you don't go buy a car without doing a test drive. 
Yeah. Right. I, I've used a similar analogy several times before I got married. That's <laughs> um, where the car mechanic that's only worked on one car. That was right. Exactly right. <laughs> but the fact the fact that they do do a, a share your gun yeah. night um, is is great because it, it really you know allows them to 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 get their hands on on other guns and, and chance to have some familiarity. But even when they do that, they're not. It's only a couple of rounds. I don't. I don't know that it's enough where you you end up doing yeah, enough shooting yeah, for, yeah. for proficiency. Um, but I think the the, the iron sights, the, the the pairs that we had, there, there's a pretty good across the board. The pairs had somebody with iron sights, somebody, somebody with a dot. dot. Yep, yep. Right? almost every and, time. You know, it, and it was it was interesting because I did have one person who had, who struggled greatly with a dot. It was like, well, I just I couldn't focus on the dot. Well, you don't focus on the dot, right? You you actually look through the dot, right? You focus on a front sight. Put you the look, dot on you what look, you're looking at, right? Yeah. You look. So there was a, a an these fairly consistent. It was it was in familiarity with mm-hmm. with systems that were different than the one you are currently yeah. shooting. I mean, one of, the the literal best team that I had fired that stage in just a hair over 10 seconds. Nice. Both of them had X5 uh, 3 um 320 X5 legions. They just had different red dots on. Nice. But they're the same, different manufacturer. One one was a Sig, mm-hmm. the other was a was a Hollow Sun. Mm-hmm. But the way they had them configured, it's 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 the same thing. And yeah. both of them picked up the gun, loaded it. I mean, as 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 competitive as any two people you'll see out on a range, and just I mean, they just crushed it. Nice, right? I mean, it was. But between the two of them, but there again, they're not—they're not actually shooting different guns. I was gonna say, so. right? Well, I was gonna say the point was right. So, so they, they threw one C out, out of out of the twelve rounds. They threw a C. Yeah. But again, it's they're it's it's they're not firing different guns. Yeah. They're not firing different guns. It's like everybody shooting um, the service weapons. <laughs> <laughs> um. So nines like my M nine. <laughs> But as, but as we talk about in the AR, and my assessment on a lot of that is when you get back to the fundamentals. Yeah. Right. When you get into the fundamentals of marksmanship, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So if you're only shooting a red dot, getting getting sucked into to iron sights, if you haven't fired iron sights, that's that that would be problematic. Um, but I noticed one of the one of the ladies who, you know, was mm-hmm. looking she, for that she, dot. She, 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 was, she, was chase, she was chasing the dot because her gun, right, had iron sights on it. Um, so, so I think along those lines, you know, that was pretty much universal mm-hmm. that most of the, the ladies struggled when they, when they got switched to a different gun. Yeah. Whether it was iron sights and the... The sights are different, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, well, this this one has this one has three dots. This one has a, a dot and a, a U and a U, and yeah, the, the and you know, 
it's any number of those those small things that they but a lot of it goes I think back to fundamentals mm -hmm. if you have the fundamentals of marksmanship then we didn't make them reload yeah so it's just really it's really about the trigger press yeah. right now that's the, the the key thing that you know I think in the AAR we tried to get away you know, we tried to take away from that was it's about the trigger press yeah. right and it's about your those fundamentals so anyway I think that was kind of my, my big one on from my stage but Jeremy? Jeremy? So a couple, absolutely. So, you know, the crowd today aren't the hardcore competitive shooters, for the most part, yeah. that we get um, at the second Saturday series. So as such, um, maybe not bringing the most competitive rigs out, and there was a lot, and we've always been a run what you brung mm -hmm. type com mm -hmm. competition, but you had a lot more people bringing the subcompact concealed mm -hmm. carries yeah mm -hmm. um which if you're not familiar to using them are a little bit more difficult just because your controls are much narrower your slides a little bit thinner has a little mm -hmm. bit stouter of a recoil spring a whole bunch of things so a little bit of struggling with that but again if all you got is one gun hey bring it out and shoot it mm -hmm. yep okay um so a little bit of struggling with that but you know we've i don't like to i don't want to stereotype but, you know, we, we kind of talked about this in the AAR of... Hey, kind when... of new. <laughs> <laughs> I like the W3 crowd just like we all do. But, you know, we, talk, we talked about female gun buyers. You know, yep. Jeff brought it up when he worked at yep. Dick's and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, hey, what, what does a female need in a handgun? Oh, you know, something tiny. J-frame revolvers for a while. Yeah. The oh. freaking kel P380s. Yeah. Sky. Yeah. Why does it have to be different for a woman than a man? Because women have smaller hands. Generally speaking. When, when, I, when a guy comes in, he's not generally looking for the smallest pistol that he can find. Quite the contrary. Okay. He drove up in his jacket. Yeah. True. He's, yeah, he's looking for a Desert Eagle and an inside the waistband holster for it. Gotcha. Panic scary. Yeah, exactly. The flashlight. No. Tourniquet. Yeah, well, two and, Anyways, and and you can't you can't trust the expert that goes with you because yeah. we're doing you know, we were teaching the the Commonwealth yep. attorneys and, and one one of their the assistant Commonwealth attorneys comes out with that burst of thunder. Yeah, but, it's uh, tiny little three eighty, and she could not fire that for anything. Okay. Could not get it to cycle because okay. it was too too small, too yeah. snappy, yeah. and and it was the the expert. The expert that went with her said, "This is what this is what you need." Yeah, and she, you know, she was, she's not large at all. I mean, she, no, she was a small, tiny. small, yeah. petite woman, but she could have used a lot more than yeah. It, that gun, she swallowed that gun up, as, yeah. and as a yeah, as a small person. So, yeah. Yeah. but I mean, regardless of who's guilty, that significant mm -hmm. other, gun yeah. store salesman, whatever mm -hmm. marketing, you know, there were a lot of subcompacts. Oh yeah, and those are. Harder to control, shorter sight radius, more felt recoil, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So people did have more of a trying time with those. Yeah. There were a fair amount of subcompacts that had red dots, which mm -hmm. we've talked about, you know, the proliferation of red dots. Hey, cool, great, whatever. Um, but you still have those problems with the subcompacts. Yeah. The, the, exactly. And, and that is interesting because it is, I did talk to one of the, one of the ladies out there and... 
she was shooting one of her. She had a full top. She has a full size gun. She was shooting her partner's. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of those, yep. and, and it was it was the tiny subcompact. Yeah, mm -hmm. and she was shooting at twelve yards with it, and you know she did not have a bad group. You know she was off the target for for half of you know half of the um, <clears throat> excuse me half of the rounds that she fired were off of the target. And look at twelve yards. You know, you you two got, inch sight radius. You, you've got you've got three three of your six are, are right on the edge of the target, but they're they're within three yeah. inches yeah. of one another. I was like, that's those three weren't bad and, and being on the edge, the mm -hmm. other three were probably you know the other right, part of that circle. Yeah. Other, yeah. other part of that three inch circle is it's like, you know, that's that's not bad and to be quite honest, that's that's pushing the yeah. that gun with those I believe that gun had the the integral kind of fixed, you know, sights that kind of the in in line yeah, through, lining, cut it cut, 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 cut in, into the top of the slide. And it's like reduced. There's 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 nothing there's there's not much you can do with that. That that thing is a point and shoot, and point shoot and prey. Point well, shoot, and, point shoot and prey. But at, go ahead. I, I do have some thoughts, but I'll let you but, go ahead and finish that. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, as much as a pistol is a compromise in portability and effectiveness, your subcompact takes that a step further. Mm -hmm. Reduced magazine capacity, right. reduced sight radius, reduced weight, Re reduced velocity. Reduced mm -hmm. velocity, absolutely. But, you know, as such, you get something that is much easier to conceal. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, heck, as, you know, Mac talked about, which you could be here, you know, backup guns like yeah. um so you know saw more of those than we normally did yeah which hey great whatever okay bring bring what you've got mm -hmm. but just understand that it is harder to manipulate it is harder to make those longer shots on and it is not as quick on the follow-ups so not the best competition material but absolutely bring it out shoot it that's have a, a great time that's a competition idea I mean, just to go down the rabbit hole a second, but doing a belly gun competition, a, a defensive carry competition where a, a subcompact, gotta be subcompact because otherwise you're gonna have people that are you know doing you know appendix carry. Um, they're gonna appendix carry their their you know their Scorpion. tricked out um, their their tricked out competition gun. But a subcompact, a moving subcompact. Oh, I want to see Max shoot his friggin' NAA revolver. I, 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 I think I think we could flesh this idea out, but I, I think this would be a, an interesting idea. I, I like the idea. Mm -hmm. My thought on it is going to be, I don't know that it has to be subcompact. I, I get where you're going with that, mm -hmm. but, but realistically, mm -hmm. if we're going to do a legitimate defensive carry, mm -hmm. then I think you've got to open it up to... Compacts. So, so I, I something, say, the, size, something yeah, the size but, of a Glock, but, but a Glock, Glock a compact, nineteen or smaller. Subcompact, compact, but yeah, but, but something yeah. that is is truly a defensive carry gun, not a. Well, I went and I went and and defensive situation applicable. Yeah. So, like, like IDPA for real people. 
So right. I, I, I want to do that for stage guns. I want all the stage guns to be all the, you know, gun store friggin' recommendations. Oh, here, take this sky. Here, uh, take this Smith & Wesson yeah. J-frame. Here, you know, try try this Kel-Tec P380 with a 17-pound fucking trigger behind it. <laughs> try, try this Canik. Yeah. All right. Any more on that? Um, the the other the only, the only other one Let's I would pull us back. To the... <laughs> I know I did it. I know this is I what happens when we tape after a match, pizza and brown liquor. So the whiskey this, this and steel. Horse... We've had some whiskey. This is so, horse soldier. Yeah, no, yeah horse soldier. It is delicious. Um, oh, yeah. But the the only other one that I'll bring up is I don't want to call it a step backward, but it's just an interesting shift of. You know, hey, predominantly for most shooters over the last 10 years, it's been your standard friggin', you know, um, safe action triggers. Yeah. Your Glocks, mm -hmm. your Smiths, your, yeah. your striker fires, absolutely. But now you're starting to see, for whatever reason, marketing or whatnot, a shift back towards the single actions. Your 2011s, mm -hmm. your Staccatos, your, you know, pick a manufacturer of a double stack 991. Yeah. Your, mm -hmm. So your Browning freaking hammer fires yeah. but gun, you know gun that was state-of-the-art 110 years ago yes mm -hmm. and now everybody but, and their brothers making some double stack nine millimeter freaking version of it. Mm -hmm. but those things can run fast they can they can run fast they can run they can they can run fast the triggers are you can go crazy light on the trigger yeah um i, I think i think scarily light on the trigger absolutely right um so yeah i, I mean I, I i can see with what's happened in the gun industry and, and some of the changes i can see why that's happened but with your strikers and your I safe action mm -hmm. with some exceptions most of them are sans manual safety mm -hmm. yes so, yes okay as soon as i take my finger off the trigger or take my friggin thumb off the back strap right you shouldn't be able to fire it right your hammer fire ones, there is a manual safety that if yes. you are following the manual of arms for that weapon, safety goes on, goes back in the holster. Mm -hmm. Right. If you are following the manual of arms yes. for it, which there were a couple today. Obviously, they were new weapons, and I've seen this at other times, too, so it's not a pick on the crowd today. I've seen other people of, okay, load, make ready. Magazine in, rack the slide, into the holster. Uh, I, I, uh, that's I, a seven ounce trigger there that you just put in the holster without a manual safety. I've seen on. guys carrying SIG hammered pistols, 228s, 226s, who will rack around in and put that gun in with the hammer back. Yep, you're right. They don't have I, I, I any know, external safety. I, I know who you're talking about. No, there, there's some. Well, well, we've got a guy, mm -hmm. um, he hasn't shot with us in a while, uh, Dave Hayes. Mm -hmm. But David Hayes has one of those SIG 226s that is designed to be carried cocked and locked. Mm -hmm. So he does that and he carries it with the safe right. gun. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I've seen plenty of folks who didn't have that. It's right. like having a Beretta yeah. 92 that they just rack it and leave the hammer back and stick right. it in your holster. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I get your, I get where but, you're going with that. But we've, we've moved from, you know, again, what I will categorize as the safe action striker fired mm -hmm. back to, you know, a single action lighter trigger and people that are just either ignorant, unfamiliar, or whatever, that are just like, oh, well, you know, I carried my Glock without a safety. You know, this one, safety off, back of the holster. Mm -hmm. Seven ounce, 1.3 pound trigger, somewhere in that nature. Uh, a whole, whole bunch of issues that just doesn't sit well with me. 
again, mm-hmm. not well, picking on the crowd today, but like, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. But I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna when you draw your weapon and drive it to the target, if you're gonna stage your trigger on the way to the target and start pulling the trigger before you get a sight picture. Yeah, there's, there, you know, the other great thing about that John Moses Browning design, not a lot of staging of that trigger, though. No. Yeah. No, no matter how you yep. got that thing set up, there, there's it's not like a lot of, bang. not a lot of creep. There's not that, you know, oh, okay, you know, get to that wall. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. Oh, there, Touch bang. There, there, there it is in the dirt. Touch bang. Six six mm-hmm. inches in front of your right foot. Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah. that th- those are the ones that you know popped to the top of my mind today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you? So, well, b- 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 before we get to Rick on, on that, I, I do want to go back. You talk about the the, the subcompacts. <laughs> no, 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 no. So so this is one of those things that, that we discussed during the AR with with, with W three, um, and that is the subcompact and, and fundamentals. Right. And I, I know I mentioned fundamentals earlier with just switching guns, but um, <clears throat> if you're new, again, the group we had out here, not traditional, let's, I'm, I'm going to go shoot a competition group. Yeah. Right. Um, it is great to get them out here. Um, love, I love every time they come out here. Cool. But because of that, they're not going in and you know the, you, you do have the ones that have invested in some some tricked out competition guns mm-hmm. but the vast majority still are the I'm buying a gun and I'm going to learn to shoot it for defensive for purposes. defensive yeah. purposes and they're the ones that have those defensive or they have those subcompact guns what I think we try to relate to them today also that is it's much much harder for you to see where you are from a fundamental standpoint when you've got that subcompact. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you can afford it and you can start with a full-size gun, you can learn those fundamentals, you can learn how to manage recoil, mm-hmm. you can learn how to manage your sights better, you can learn you can learn all of the things that you need to learn to get good at shooting and and, then. and, and bring in that subcompact, because let's face it, a a more novice—I don't mean a complete novice, but a more novice to intermediate shooter with a subcompact—is going to struggle at at any real distance mm-hmm. with a a true defensive subcompact gun at 20 yards, right? Because it's, it's not really designed for that. So at that point, you 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 don't necessarily know—is it the gun? And, and we've said you can't outshoot your gun, but this is one of those cases where, where, where I mean, you can outshoot a high point. Yeah, the 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 but, gun, the gun right, may the, very the, well the, be the, your limiting factor. The, well, but also or a limiting factor. But also, it becomes a limiting factor for you to understand: is it the gun or is it me? Yeah. And as a as a brand new shooter, it's probably you. Right, but you don't you don't know, and 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 having a gun that 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 manages better will help you work those those intermediate steps. Well, and and, and we've talked about that from a training standpoint mm-hmm. of hey, what do we expect of you out of the student? Yeah. Bring something reliable that you are familiar with, mm-hmm. because if you're sitting there fighting equipment issues, you're not you're not paying attention yeah, to learning. Right. 
So, you know, to a point, the subcompact can fall into that category as well of, mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this freaking, you know, 13-pound trigger on this thing, and I'm focusing on that, and I'm not focusing on, hey, you know, make sure you're breathing, make sure you're lining up your front sight. What front sight? It's meld into the freaking slide because it's a no-snag. Uh, and again, we go back to that, that burst of thunder, right, where we eventually... Took the gun away from her and because lo loaned she, her something else. We loaned her one of our one of our loaner guns because she just wasn't well, she wasn't we, able she wasn't able training. to focus out of what she needed well, out of a class we, because she was fighting fighting the gun and, and I think that that's kind of my point with with, with that is that it, as a new shooter that first gun you know if, if the the first gun likely. The subcompact is not your best best no. choice. Right? No. It's, it's it's like going, a subcompact I, I, better I, no gun. I got to go buy me a car. I need to learn how to drive, so I, I'll buy a Ferrari three hundred eight. Right. Probably not. Probably that's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. Probably buy something with an automatic transmission mm -hmm. and is robust and forgiving. Get, get, so, a, get like a, a, a Grand Torino. Get a decent mid grade full size gun. Learn sure, on. Yeah. Not, learn, not sure. learn, learn those Kimber fundamentals. Contact. Yeah. Learn on, get those fundamentals <laughs> locked in, yeah. and then def decide what you want to do for a defensive yeah. carry. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah, medium to full mm -hmm. size. Yeah. Yeah. Your carry models, the Glock three twenty carry, your mm -hmm. Glock nineteen, your right. Smith M whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. you know, mm -hmm. generally your carry model and above, much easier for somebody mm -hmm. to learn on and yes. learn the fundamentals oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and then try to translate them to your subcompact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More yeah. mass for recoil reduction, the whole thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Well it's easier to manipulate yeah, and, 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 else, and right? easier easier for you to get your hand on. Mm -hmm. and, and, no offense, it's more comfortable. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The snap in a nine millimeter that's three quarters of an inch wide. <laughs> yeah, you might as well be shooting yeah, yeah. Shooting one of those tiny little things yeah. is like shooting a like a well, it's like getting whacked on the friggin' web of your hand with a butter knife. That's oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's like, it's like shooting a like shooting a Walther PPK, or I had a lot of experience with shooting an aluminum framed Sig in forty cal. <laughs> yeah. Not, not yeah. a lot to soak if, up that if, sucker. If that's your idea of a good time, then you probably don't get Novocaine when you have your teeth done. <laughs> Fuck that. Carried one of those with Sejus. It is a nice little gun. God damn. Again, it's nice to carry, but it is yeah. not something that, oh, hey, yeah, I'm going to go out shooting gonna... today and have a great time. Let mm -hmm. me bring this thing. Yeah, I don't want to fire 500 rounds through that. Well, and that is something that we've discussed in, discussed in the past, too, that, that I think is important. Yeah. is those little guns as much as much of a snap as they have you're right you, you you're not going to train as much on a gun that's well, beats well, you up the other thing just, to think it, about it just that beats too, you up right and, and, and mm -hmm. we talk I end up talking about this with somebody at, at Mike's shop mm -hmm. firearms performance enhancement if you have a gun you want it better take it to Mike he's the guy talking, talking to somebody Brought their gun in and they're like, oh, I gotta get all new springs for my 365 XL. I was like, well, how often do you shoot it? Yeah, shoot, it's my competition gun. I'm like, what? Like, oh yeah, I shoot, I shoot competitions. I said, well, how many competitions do you shoot? Use one or two a month. I'm like, well, how long you been doing that? Oh, 
about a year and a half. I'm like, well, it's almost time for you to buy a new SIG 365. She goes, what? So for those of you who don't know, most of your service style guns, your mid-size and up general manufacturers, Smith & Wesson, Glock, HK, uh, SIG, those guns are designed to be service guns. Those have a built-in, engineered into the mix, service life, generally speaking, eight to 10,000 rounds. Those guns are designed to run that long and then either be rebuilt or scrapped. Most of your defensive guns, most of your subcompacts, your 365s and your micro Rugers and your tiny little skimbers and all those, they're not designed for that level of use. They're designed for you to take them out, make sure that they're accurate, shoot them from time to time to make sure that you still know how to operate them. But other than that, they have a built-in shelf life, lifespan, somewhere around 5,000 rounds on average. They're just not locked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's... At that stage of the game, you're starting to wear out the metal that's on there. Mm -hmm. Because the le the metal is so small and the tolerances are so tight, because that's what you got to do to make them small and make them light. So understand that. That's, that's the other aspect of this. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. Make sure that you're buying the right tool for what it is that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you are learning to shoot, it's like learning to drive. You should not go learn to drive in a Ferrari. You should learn to drive in something... A little more forgiving, a little more robust. You probably don't want to go out and buy yourself a Kimber Ultra Micro 1911 to to learn to shoot on. A, it's expensive, and B, it's not designed to take the abuse that you're going to have to give it as you're learning to shoot the gun. Um, so bear that in mind. Go learn Sorry. to drive that Fiero. That's right. Get your Fiero. An overdrive. Turbo Fiero. Twin Turbo Fiero. Lime Green. I love communism sticker on it. Anyway. So So now that we've beaten subcompacts to yeah, death. Yeah, now, <laughs> now, nice. now that we're gonna start getting hate mail from from all the companies that we actually like who make really good guns. Um <laughs> hey, so, so so but you carry a subcompact. I do. But I in, carry a in the summertime. In the summertime I carry a three sixty five XL. Yes. And then once it gets a little cooler Right about now, I switch over to my Sig 320 Compact, mm -hmm. which I like very much. Right. Which I must like very much because I don't carry my MMP as much as I used to. And this will break Adrian's heart to hear. I very rarely carry, other than for training purposes and demo purposes, my USP. And I never thought I'd say that because mm -hmm. that was... But whatever. It was, yeah. That's my that's my Shelby Cobra of a, of a handgun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so what, so you got? what I saw today. So uh, the stage I was working today was uh, Be Sure, and that was a relay race, um, and you had four plates on a tray, and each shooter had a maximum of four rounds that they could fire. And you only get to fire one round at a time. So you ran eight yards, drew your pistol. You got to shoot one round. If you knock the plate over, great. If not, too bad. You holster up, you run back, you tag your partner, and you come back. There's four plates. We've got to get all four plates knocked over. Each shooter only gets a total of four rounds. So you get, uh, what is it, eight rounds to move four plates. Um, 
so oftentimes what happens when you get introduced to something new and stressful is sometimes the wheels come off the bus. It's not a bad thing, but if all the training that you get to do and all the shooting that you get to do is at a static position, at a range, in a booth where you don't have to draw a weapon, you don't have to do anything else, we this and this happens all the time. We see stuff come out of the woodwork where we go, what was that all about? And they go, I don't even know. One of the things that is common is people will run up or move up to the stage. They'll get where they got to get. And then they'll draw their weapon. And it's the only time they do it that day. They squat. Mm -hmm. They squat. And then they stand back up and put their gun back up. And you ask me, why do they go? I have no idea. I go, well, it's... I I did... What did I do? I did what? Yeah, exactly. So, Mm -hmm. So there is that. So... One of the things to know about that is when you're doing your training, when you encounter new things and you get a little bit of stress, you have a tendency to do things that you didn't plan to do. We've talked about that in the past, about moving the gun out of the workstation, all that. So, But that that's a commonality. You see that across the board, except for the folks who showed up who are, and we've got some who are competitive shooters. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Just understand it. And again, we talked about this in the AR with them. Mm-hmm. Shoot with somebody. So somebody go, hey, did you know that you do that? And go, oh, no. And then you prevent yourself from developing a bad habit. And then the other aspect of this, and again, this is universal. And this, this does not matter what physical shape you're in. I don't care if you are a marathon runner or if uh, you are a championship Oreo eater like I am. Okay. Mm, Oreos. Oreos are so good. We heard that story earlier. But, yeah. So. Oreo is not a sponsor of this podcast. But they should be. So, if you if, if you normally go to the range and you stand static and you shoot and you're a gym rat or you're not a gym rat and then you go and a stage involves moving at all, either at the walk, at the trot, or running your heart rate's going to come up. If for no other reason than you've got an adrenaline dump because this is so weird. Mm -hmm. So the result of that is your heart rate's going to go up, your breathing's going to change. So your physicality does come into play. As we've said before on other podcasts, the better physical shape you're in, the better you handle stress, Mm -hmm. uh, and then the easier it is to do. If if you are used to picking up 50-pound bags of horse feed, than picking up a 10-pound bag of, you know, rocks on the range as part of the drill is not going to be a big problem. But if you're, if all you, the heaviest thing you pick up over the course of the day is your mouse and your coffee, you got to take that into account. Um, But in either case, movement and intellectual and physical stress can really become a great leveler on the field. Um, And it doesn't take a lot to improve that. Um, you know, whatever it is that you do for a living or don't do for a living if you're retired like me, you know, get up and move around, you know, get yourself, do something. If you do something every day that causes you to get out of breath, mm-hmm. you'll find that sooner or later, it takes a lot more to get you out of breath. You'll be running 20 miles. And that, I've no, I'm not running 20 miles. <laughs> I was going to say, next thing you know, you're running friggin' 10 milers and friggin' no. Ultra marathons and no. shit like that. I will hold my breath and swim <laughs> to get my heart rate up. I'm not running. I run from one point of cover to the next. But yeah, so I mean, masochist. But but you know, like I said, everybody everybody I watched today 
manage it well. Mm-hmm. You know, no, oh, nobody yeah. nobody got to the nobody got to the box and was doubled over puking. Yeah, right. But you you, when they got the there, you, you got there and you go, okay, your heart rate's up. You got to deal with these things, and stress inoculation is all part of it. So, and that all comes back to the physicality of it. And it's again, shooting a gun is a physical thing anyway. Right. You know, you're moving a two pound piece of steel around. So, mm-hmm. but overall, I was. And I, I say this every time I talk to these these folks, they were just a pleasure to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, even the folks who were competitive, and I've I've shot in competitions all over the all over the country, and you know, you get that guy who he don't want to talk to you because I'm here to compete. Huh? These people are paying me. I'm in my I'm in my, my, my I'm, little yeah, cheap I'm getting, I'm getting in my talk, zone. Don't talk to me because you'll break mine. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But these folks, they, the W three crowd, man, they come out. They have a they they just they have a great time. Um, they they're they absorb any information that you give them. Um, they're always looking to get new stuff. They're always paying attention. It's just an absolute pleasure, and I yeah, I'm just glad that they I'm glad that they like us enough that they trust us to spend their Saturday with us. It's, I had a good time. Um, but yeah, that that was about it for me. And again, like like we've said, everything that we talked about um, from from a management of the weapons process. It's ubiquitous. I don't care who you are. If you just started carrying a gun for defensive purposes or you started taking classes because you think you want to carry a gun for defensive purposes, what we had to say is applicable. If you are a tier one operator, with FBI, HRT, dun, 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 all of what we said is absolutely applicable. Absolutely. Cool. You know, so... Um, yeah. Anything else other well, than one of our favorite regulars shoots a tricked out three sixty five XL. Who? Our favorites. Oh, we have a lot of favorites. Mm-hmm. Your favorite. Well, I'm stumped, but that is probably <laughs> more to do with horse soldier whiskey. Not Tell good. us about Horse Soldier Whiskey. That was that's good stuff. Shit's delicious. You for some reason they're not a sponsor to Whiskey Lead and Steel. I don't understand why. I mean, we're over here drinking your liquor, son. <laughs> Goes not, great on pumpkin spice Cheerios. I, I, you are the <laughs> ultimate white girl. Pumpkin spice Cheerios. Jesus. I just found out about those from somebody in my office this week and I was like, what the hell? Lord have mercy. Also not a sponsor of the channel. No. So, I mean, quite honestly, if you're out there in the interwebs land and you are affiliated with, you know, Horse Soldier, we have Horse Soldier stuff right there. Um, We have Horse Soldier stuff right here. um, And Oreos. We all like Oreos. Who else do we want as a sponsor? Rolex. <laughs> Rolex could be the official timepiece of whiskey, lead, and steel. Feelings hurt while you wait. Yeah. I mean, if you get one that will talk to Lee's computer, because he's all hung up on his smartwatch. I want Elpo to sponsor us. Does Elpo even exist anymore? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, Mex, maybe. Oh, you know who we should get as a sponsor? Dinty Moore Stew. There you go. Yeah. Boy, didn't we just age ourselves with that <laughs> reference. Before the pull-top cans. Oh, good time. you got to get old John Wayne out. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. That's a, that's a great idea. Hey, marketing people. Amy, 
The laugh from off camera. <laughs> Marketing people. I think it's Jared. <laughs> now, uh, let, let's be clear. How, how old is Jared's very nice young lady girlfriend? 21. Okay, and how old is Jared? 24. Okay, Jared's 24. He has a very nice 21-year-old girlfriend. He is not interested in marketing for this pack of boomers sitting behind the table. He has way better things on his mind. Like buying horses and taking horseback riding lessons. Not getting one horse. Of but course now, not. Two horses. Poor Jared. Oh, for those of oh. you who don't know, Jared found himself a horse girl. Which means that now Jared is inexplicably tied to horses for the rest of his existence. And, and he just he just bought a bought a truck. Of course. So he can pull a horse trailer. A horse trailer. So you need to get that Jeep on the road. For somebody. I <laughs> Yeah, you made me a good deal on that Jeep. I mean, if it'll stop. It'll run and it'll stop. I'm interested in buying it. It'll run. It'll stop right now. Yeah, I got to do something with the brakes. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, you do got to do something with the brakes. They're important. Yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about horse we, soldier whiskey. We, we, were, tasty we were trying to wrap this podcast up. Had some Oreos. And, then, and then, then somebody started going down this rabbit hole of, of trying to get a horse soldier to, to sponsor. You said that like it's a bad idea? I didn't, I didn't say it's like a bad I would idea. be happy to put horse soldier whiskey, a bottle of it right here. Or at least a portion of a bottle of it. Because it wouldn't be a whole bottle. It wouldn't be a whole bottle. Because if, cause if there's a bottle there... <laughs> it I ain't going to be a whole. <laughs> not in this crowd. Mm. No. Yeah. Normally it's water, but not today. That's because Lee's normally healthy. I only have to run 15 miles tomorrow. Is somebody you pointing a gun at you? To. <laughs> if nobody is threatening you with You're, physical violence. So, I, I don't think you understand the meaning of have to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that word means what you think that word means. <laughs> so so it's, it is quite funny that, that I had a discussion with my wife going last night going, I can't believe that in my, the back of my mind I'm thinking, I only have to run 15 miles tomorrow. Yeah. If I ever utter those words, I want you to run me over. I shoot you in the knee. <laughs> then I don't have to do anything. Exactly. Yeah, but, but, but after after week after week of twenty mile runs, fifteen is like, oh, oh, that seems easy. So, so, uh, I'm so walk back away from that one. Back at the end of the nineteenth century, <laughs> they started to develop a viable, continual, affordable, workable combustion engine. <laughs> thus relieving horses of the need to carry us around. Several thousand years ago, after the creation of the saddle, we quit having to walk slash run anywhere. Unless, of course, you're some kind of peasant. But you're obviously not a peasant, because, you know, <laughs> peasants don't get to run to be the government of the Commonwealth of Virginia. My normal punishment is... 30 lashes, so if I give myself 50, 30 doesn't seem so bad. There you go. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go. I only have to hit myself in the face it wasn't really twice. It, it, was, it was only a few minutes ago that Rick mentioned physicality and moving. There, there's, I'm just saying. There's physicality and there's masochism. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> 
I'll explain this to you. I know I don't have to explain this to you because you're in the Naval Service. <laughs> and Lee was in the Army. So... Camping doesn't you, have to suck. <laughs> have you seen the meme, it's impossible to get to, to be unhappy while you're hiking? I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that dude never went on a rock But see, you can improve your you can improve your cardio and all that good stuff by running like you do, right? Which is hot and sweaty. And everybody makes this face. That's the face I make when I run more than 100 yards. Or you can swim. Which case you don't get hot and sweaty that you notice, and you still get the whole cardio thing, and you actually get more resistance, and it doesn't beat your knees to shit. Just saying. Just saying. I would rather run than swim. Have you ever been hit by a car while swimming? No. Have you ever been run off the road by an idiot on a cell phone while swimming? No. <laughs> well, it seems like the safety conscious thing to do. Just I think we've settled that debate. We we could we could have an entire podcast on my 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 almost getting hit by dumbasses while running. For the record, I have never been almost hit or run off the road by anybody in a lime green Fiero while swimming. That's because you're in your pool. <laughs> Semantics, my friend. I never I, look. Nobody almost ran me over in a car while I was swimming in the ocean. Of course, then you got the whole Doc Bowman thing. Doc Bowman's like, you enter the water, you enter the food chain somewhere you, in the middle. I'm not doing that shit. You are, you are nowhere near the top of the food chain. When Doc you rocked me up. I was uh -huh. like, dude. I was like, hey man, I want to learn. To of course, Doc was a he was on the parachute team for the army. Mm -hmm. So I was like, dude, oh, yeah. I want to learn to parachute. You seem like the guy to do it. Tell you what, you teach me to parachute, I'll teach you to scuba dive. Doc goes. I'm not getting in the water like that. That shit's dangerous. I was like, dude, you're a green beret. I thought you're badass. He goes, there's nothing in the sky that eats human beings. You enter the water, you enter the food chain somewhere in the middle. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. Fisher, don't. See, now we could have Doc on here, and then Doc could bring a tequila. Because Doc drinks tequila. Oh, he's a tequila guy. He's a tequila guy. Tequila, lead, and steel? Yeah, tequila's kind of whiskey. It's like Mexican whiskey. I, I, so I've noticed vodka I, is Russian whiskey. So I've you know I've I've noticed having drank with some people of higher social stature than myself that when you get to the upper end of the pyramid of liquors, mm -hmm. whether it's vodka, whiskey, bourbon, tequila, or whatnot, they all start tasting the same, regardless of what they came from. Like, once you hit the $350 plus dollar a bottle friggin' thing, they all start tasting similar. There's there's distinct differences. You can still tell it's a tequila, mm -hmm. but it's not Jose tequila. Hang on, let me get this straight. So somebody would pay almost what you would buy a quality handgun for, for a bottle of liquor? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And higher. Oh, oh, absolutely. You boys clearly run with a different crowd than me. When, when they come up to you and they're like, um, before you order this, I want to let you know, sir, this is $300 a pour. I'm like, well, you didn't need that liver anyway. <laughs> Stab you, move on. Well, did I, did I tell you about Steve and Lisa opened a bottle of Springbank to, 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 to introduce me to scotch? 
<laughs> Once again, I was like, I was like, again, learning to drive off the Maserati. Yeah. I was like, uh, so they told me I was like, hey, hey, why don't you get in? Yeah, why don't you get in this 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 race car? Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you why why you why you want to drive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so like they had you yeah. got your learner's permit. So let's look, get it, let's get they it. had a bottle of 24 year old Springbank that they had gotten in '84. Ooh. It was 24 then. Mm-hmm. So they like, oh, put on that. It was, it was fantastic. Right. And they were like, yeah. like, and then they told me, I was like, A, thank you. And B, don't ever do that again. No. Yeah, that's a complete waste. That is pearls before swine. Yeah. Clearly. Because I don't have the palate to appreciate that. Yeah. Let's be honest. I'm a jarhead. I drink Jim Bean. Yeah, that was like kissing God on the mouth. I don't know about all that. But I will say... <laughs> that, that I am convinced that biting a fresh off the rack while it's still hot donut from uh, Krispy Kreme must be what it's like to bite an angel's wing. Imagine what those would taste like deep fried. There you go, Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Forget bat wings and beer. Right. Angel wings. Get <laughs> mm. like biting Bo-Katan on the shoulder. Whiskey Lead and Steel would make a good name for a restaurant. Actually, it would, but I'm not getting into the restaurant business because they all fail. Because <laughs> they, they're run by people who want to be artists, not by people who want to make money. True. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a capitalist. I'm not a communist. I mean, I don't... <laughs> okay, so once again, we have borrowed down subterranean on the gopher hole and Amy is being the responsible adult because she has not been drinking tasty, tasty horse soldier whiskey. Um, and so she's telling us we need to wrap this up. So, anything to add? As always, it's been a hoot. Hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did. I don't know that you did, though. We'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Bringing the subcompact concealed mm -hmm. carries. Yeah. Um, which, if you're not familiar to using them, are a little bit more difficult just because your controls are much narrower, your slide's a little bit thinner, has a little mm -hmm. bit stouter of a recoil spring, a whole bunch of things. So a little bit of struggling with that. But again, if all you got's one gun, hey, bring it out and shoot it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay.